Hey, my zebras. Welcome to the program. Adam Posner on the show today is the founder and managing director at NHP Talent Group. So NHP Talent Group is a boutique NY-based staffing firm specializing in talent acquisition for senior level roles in digital marketing, media, product and content creation at startups, creative agencies and brands. He's a power connector. That is by, by definition what he is. He connects the dots and identifies opportunities, synergies. Now, prior to this career, he spent 15 years working within the New York City advertising and marketing industry, working for American Express, SiriusXM, digital ad agencies in NYC like VaynerMedia. Yeah, Gary V worked with them, uh, met with them many times. Very cool. And we'll, t- we'll get into that in this podcast uh, for major companies. He's worked with clients like Verizon, Pepsi, British Airways, It really put a a unique perspective, I guess you could say, for him when working with candidates to truly understand their career DNA. Think about that, your career DNA, and ensuring a good fit on both sides of the recruiting equation. That's a big part of what he is all about. And in addition to that, he brings expert advisory around the talent acquisition process. He has built a very strong reputation by always putting relationships first, which is very important. We'll touch on that on this episode, while balancing his clients' business needs and candidates' career goals, Adam Posner, great dude. If you want to talk to him, you can find him at nhptalentgroup.com. That's nhptalentgroup.com. Or search Adam Posner, Adam J. Posner, P-O-S-N-E-R, on LinkedIn. Hey, this episode is brought to you by DDPY. That's DDP Yoga. Diamond Dallas Page is a, a, a famous wrestler from back in the 90s. His body was all banged up after professional wrestling and started his own unique kind of yoga. So it's not even yoga necessarily. It's DDP yoga because it takes yoga to the next level. And it's really, it's for guys who aren't used to doing yoga, but it's also for girls too. It's strength building. It's stretching, flexibility, also tightening all of these random muscles, ligaments, and tendons that you never use. If you lift weights, I guarantee you there's muscles, tendons, ligaments in there that you're not using, the ones that hold everything together. They're more important, really, than the bigger ones, okay? They're the ones that, 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 that hold the glue of your body together. DDPY helps you strengthen all of that. The program, why I'm talking about it, it's changed my life. It's transformed my body, and I use it on a daily basis every morning, usually in the evenings as well. And I'm just, I'm just telling you from experience, it is an incredible platform. So if you want more information about it, just go to ddpyoga.com. ddpyoga.com. And I'm telling you, I'm going to get the man, Diamond Dallas Page, on this podcast one day. But for right now, let's talk to the great Adam Posner. Thank you for tuning in. Let's do this. This is Rob Z Radio. Rob, what's happening, my man? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So let's start this off. This is how I'm starting off these podcasts from now on. Because uh, really, the, I turn my podcasts into... You know, trying to find things that I wish I would have learned at a younger age that I now have learned at an older age, and hopefully I can pass the information off to somebody who's younger so they can figure it out faster than I did. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way too about certain things. I, I do, man. And it's crazy. I'm celebrating, I'm celebrating a big birthday in a couple of weeks, and I've been pretty uh, you know, introspective about things. And, and you texted me earlier, and it got me thinking, right? Like approaching a big number, like what... What did I wish I knew when I, when I was younger? Yeah, you know, right? it's something that is super valuable to you right now. Maybe you learned it this year. Maybe you learned it a couple of years ago. But it's something really impactful for you 
that you yeah. wish you would have been told whenever you were five or 10 or 15? What would that be for you? Yeah, man, I, I, I think it really comes down to trusting your gut, right? And I think it's going with your, your intuition and the first thing that pops to mind during a situation, right? Instead of second guessing it, instead of thinking too deep into things, just going with your gut, man. I mean, going back, I mean, no regrets, but thinking about decisions you made, whether it be personal, professional, how maybe you would handle them differently if you just went with your gut versus overthinking them. And I think that goes a long way. Yeah. What's give me an example. What's a practical example of that for you in your life? Like where somewhere where it did go right and somewhere where it didn't go right. <laughs> somewhere where you <laughs> oh, did man. listen to your gut and it worked and somewhere where uh, you, you ignored those feelings and uh, you knew you yeah, should I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a recent one. I mean, uh, you know, I transitioned into the world of recruiting about four years ago. I worked at a couple of search firms. And going with my gut was to launch my own business, right? Uh, I knew at the time when I made that decision, immediately it was the right decision. There was no second guessing. I felt it right in my gut and I haven't looked back. And the opportunities that have come my way, just by going with my instincts, man, I mean, the world is, is in your favor, right? You got to keep thinking that and things are going to go your way and you got to trust your gut, right? Mm -hmm. People are looking down on you. And if you continue to do the right things, right, right things will come back to you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you follow that path, yes, things are going to align and, and come into place. And, you know, I, I've been re I've been going through this recently. And uh, I guess one of the things for me, just to, to drop one of my own insights in, is that uh, nothing that you have, you actually created. And this is something that's been really good for me lately for like gratitude. So like nothing that I have, I'm looking like right in front of me right now, this obviously this computer, I have no idea mm -hmm. how this thing was built. And even if I did know how it was built, I don't know how the parts got made to put the whole thing together, right? I wouldn't know how to do that at the table. I don't, I can't build a table. I don't know how to make a tablecloth. I don't even know how to get wood from a tree and how to turn that into a <laughs> table. Like everything, everything in my life. And I, I do this now on a daily basis. I'll look at stuff and think like, do I know, or did I have any impact on this thing happening? And the answer over and over and over and over and over again is no. When I break it down to like the core of like, how was this thing created? I had nothing to do with it. Even like my kid, like, yeah, technically I did have a part in creating him, but I don't know how all that happened. It's, it's like magic, you know? So that's just, I, mean, I can tell you the birds and the bees if you need to hear it, man. I can tell you that story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we want to get real deep on that, we can uh, save that for later on. Well, that'd be the suspense part of the podcast. But uh, I, I, I hear you. I hear you, man. I mean, I have a little bit different take on that one as well. I mean, I, I truly believe that what I have created right now is a manifestation of everything I've done in my, in my life, in my career, right? Every decision I made, good or bad, right? has led me to this point. Yeah. Um, whether it be, you know, leaving one relationship to, to meet my wife, to meet my wife and, you know, fall in love with her. I mean, that was created, right? Yeah. And that if, boy, if you would not have been a part of that, you know, if you would not have been there, would that have happened with, for somebody else? Like you being a piece of that puzzle makes it uh, special to you, but would have, hap would have happened otherwise. Like all the stuff that I have could have happened otherwise would yeah, somebody else be sitting in my spot? I'm not. Let's not get. <laughs> I can get carried away super deep into it. it get yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. So like, I mean, what have <laughs> what have you created? Uh, well, I mean, I you know I've created the a radio show. I've created a uh, podcast and uh, uh, many other things. But did I? I mean, I don't think that I really even necessarily did it. I just followed steps, right? I just put time and put pieces together and. Uh, 
fell into the right spot knowingly sometimes, fell into the right spot unknowingly sometimes. And I, I think that as long as you keep bouncing back, you're going to be cool. And I think part of your story is that too, right? Part of your story is being able to bounce back from adversity or bounce back from something that may have destroyed somebody else or if you would have hung on to it for a yeah. long time would have kept you down and that kind of sprung you back in the other direction just by sticking through. Uh, what has yeah, that man. done to you? Explain your story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one thing I'm looking back on, you know, again, reflecting back in the last 40 years is, you know, this ability to bounce back and and be tenacious and, and take more punches, so to speak, uh, and have a callus. And I think it comes back to a couple of things. One, I think it comes back to tenacity, right? You and I were talking about that earlier. I think that's an innate attribute that certain people have, the hustlers mm -hmm. out there, right? The ability to keep going, to find the opportunities, to, to always want to do bigger and better for themselves, for their family. I think that's um, certainly critical. And then another piece of that too, the ability to bounce back really comes down to your North Star, right? When you're down at your lowest, and you know, we talked about this before, my lowest point was about four years ago when uh, I was working you know, in advertising before I got into recruiting. And I was working uh, at VaynerMedia for Gary Vaynerchuk and I got fired, man. I lost my job. I was not bringing my A game and I didn't perform in one reason or another. And that was my lowest point, man. And I had to dig deep and say, you know what? Like, I got to get out of this hole, man. I can't be doing the same thing. I can't be repeating the same mistakes. And I looked up and I could have easily curled into a ball, right? I could have curled into a ball. I could have just, you know, wasted away. I could have went back to doing the same things that I was doing before, the same mistakes. But I said, no, there's a critical point in my life. I need to look up and what's my direction. And my North Star is my family, man, my wife and my kids. And I need to do what's best for them. And I need to improve my life so I can improve their life. Mm -hmm. uh, and one thing I always ask candidates when I'm interviewing them, and most of the time, I shouldn't say all the time, is what is your North Star? You know, Robin, I'll ask you that, right, man? Like, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? What keeps you focused? Uh, boy, what keeps me focused is definitely family is on the top of that list. Uh, making sure that I'm uh, helping people, that I'm serving in some sort of way, I think. Uh, going from God to Tony Robbins, not, re not relating them together. I mean, it's not the same thing. But, you know, uh, just following people who have followed those, those steps and follow people who have followed that path of, wow, they have gone towards their life goal and their and the life goal always centers around serving people in some sort of way and that that's different for everybody but i think that when it comes down to it man you got to find something that's passionate inside of you that also is driving other people to move forward and kind of sharing your experience to help other people move forward yeah. uh, i keep listening to different podcasts from different people and a lot of one of the things that keeps coming up over and over and over again is that you know, unless you're showing the journey, unless you're you're telling the journey, and you know, if you're already up here, if you've already made it to a top level, but you haven't documented when you were down here, it's not going to be as, as impactful as you know, just being up at the top. I think that's why YouTube and vlogging and stuff like that is incredible. I, my wife loves this guy Shane Dawson, and he's a huge YouTuber, has like 20 million followers, but he's been on YouTube since the beginning, and you can follow his mm -hmm. journey from the start to now. And I think that's even if you don't like his content, really cool to be able to watch. Like, oh, this is how this guy. Everybody loves a transformation video. Everybody loves a, a weight loss video or a you know a muscle building kind of video or anything like that. But it's really cool when you can see somebody's life go from you know broke and 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 no self confidence and no self-esteem over here and they grow to be this amazing person that to me is uh the coolest journey and that's something that i think if you can do it 
then you should be you should show other people how to do it. And now we have yes. the ability to show them how to do it in a much more profound and immediate way, which is really cool. And you kind of hit the nail on the head on because that's kind of the journey I've been on. So just to kind of bring your your listeners up to speed here. So, you know, the first 15 years of my career, I worked in advertising and marketing, right? In New York City, I worked all the big agencies. I worked for Amex. I worked at SiriusXM. So I've been through the hiring process. I've hired, I fired, I've been hired, I've been fired. I've done that all before. And then when I transitioned into recruiting, it really gives me that unique position so I could, I've been in your shoes before, man. I've yeah. been through the hiring process, right? I've worked in advertising. I've worked in the jobs that I'm hiring for. And then even more importantly, you know, it wasn't until I got into recruiting that I found out that that other piece was missing, the ability to help people, right? If I make money on it, great, even better. I believe in capitalism. I mean, we're all here to make money and the money is the, the fuel to keep our family going, right? Yeah. But more importantly, I haven't had the joy in my career until, until now, until the last few years when I could help somebody get a better job that they are happier in day to day that makes the rest of their life happy, right? When I'm working in marketing and advertising, if I help one of my clients sell, you know, a few more cases of their, of their, you know, soda, right? Does that make me feel better? No, not really. But it was that missing piece, right? Where, you know, I'm a natural connector, right? I connect friends, I connect colleagues, I connect opportunities. And that was the missing link, man. And I didn't find that until this stage of my life and my career. I found out that's, that's really my superpower. And I've been doing it for a long time. And now I've harnessed it into a, into a profession. It's so important. That's really cool. And I, I think that, uh, man, if you're not in an in industry where you're directly helping somebody, it's hard to, at least from my perspective, gain a lot of satisfaction from it, right? There's a, there's a difficulty in gaining satisfaction from when you can actually see that you're making an impact in somebody's life. That kind of changes everything. It kind of changes your whole perspective. Yeah, and, it, and it's kind of cool too. And I, and I, one of the things about it does. It absolutely does. And, it, and it's fun. Like when I see on LinkedIn, I see work anniversaries for people and it's people that I placed in a job and I see one year and now I've been doing this for a few years. And I see a couple of people like two years at, you know, X and Y company. I'm like, yeah, they're happy. And I, and I, I didn't create it, but I, I helped them. I was a conduit, right? I helped them get to that opportunity, you know, coaching them through the interview process, um, hopefully making them a couple more bucks, right? And ultimately just being happy in their career. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, so you feel like at this point in your life, like where you're at right now is the happiest you've been. Like you feel like you're pretty satisfied with where you're at. Yeah, I think I think there's twofold to it. I think that absolutely, first and foremost, absolutely, man. I, I haven't been happier, right, with my life and my career. I'm my own boss, right? I'm not going to get fired anymore. <laughs> my wife may fire me, but that's but that's really about it. But it's not even about that. It's about the ability that I, I control my life. I control the clients I work with. I control the jobs that I work. Um, I mean, look, I'm, I, I have the ability to work, you know, close to home, from home, um, be around my, my, my baby, my, my daughter, right? I get to be around them to not miss those key life opportunities uh, and create the life that I want. Mm -hmm. And that in turn makes me happy, right? And then if I'm happy, I could better be a better husband. I could be a better partner. I could be a better friend. I could be a better colleague. All those pieces start from within. Do you working having you know you work for yourself and as do I for a couple of years now uh, I think I would love to be able to talk to people who have a job because and, and, and try to express the difference in the feeling you get when you finally find maybe you are working for somebody and maybe that is the place where you are supposed to be and you're getting full satisfaction out of that but what has changed since you went off on your own because I think for me and this is just uh, my own thing 
my self-development, I had to step up my self-development game so much. 100%. And whenever you're working for somebody else, you don't necessarily have to, right, as much. Because you don't yeah, have to self Yeah, exactly the point there. So there are, you know, when I launched my own business, it was a, like you, a lot I had to learn, right? And it, come down, it comes down to discipline, right? Mm -hmm. You need to learn financially, you know, how to, how to be self-employed, right? You need to time management, um, manage business development while managing the deliverables for your client, right? Yeah. And then now, like what we're doing here is building content, building personal brands, building business brands, which will in turn drive future business development, mm -hmm. right? So it really comes down to time management, um, discipline, right? And betting on yourself, man. Isn't that what you and I are in? Everyone else that works for themselves. You're betting on yourselves. You don't need someone else to, you know, you know, be above you. You're betting on yourself that you can do it yourself. And kudos to everyone out there who works themselves, man. It takes a lot to do that. Yeah, and I did not expect that. That's that's part of it that I didn't see coming was how much uh, stress, number one, I was going to put on myself and how to deal with that. So I really had to, uh, basically because I had, I, it wasn't like I chose to, it's almost like I had to make sure my internal well-being was a lot better than it was because if it's turbulent and if you beat yourself up a lot and you work for yourself, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Like let alone, yeah, your, it, let alone your boss driving you crazy, which is one thing. Now you're <laughs> driving yourself crazy and you can't get away from that. It can, so, happen, it can happen quick too, right? Like yeah. you, have, you have to check yourself too. And I think you also have to balance, you know, when you work for yourself, I mean, you could literally be working 24 hours a day all the time. Right. You have to be disciplined when you take those breaks, right? And find those moments. And, you know, just tactically for me, it's, you know, trying to be conscious of having my phone in my hand at all times, right? Like if I'm playing with my kids, if we're eating a meal, if we're doing something, trying to just be more mindful about, you know, take, taking that phone, shutting it off, putting it much further away than arm's length because we're, I mean, my name's Adam and I'm addicted to my phone, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sure one of my friends is going to take that sound clip and do something with it, but like, <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, it's, it's the business and your mind is always being drawn to the business because once your business starts to be successful, it's addictive. Right. And it's exciting and it gets the adrenaline flowing because your bet is paying off and you bet on yourself and that builds your self-confidence and in turn, better product, better business, better happiness, better man, better husband, better friend. Right. Like all those pieces kind of it's all intertwined. Yeah. And uh, for your phone. So I'm curious for you. Do you have a strategy with your phone? Because like you had messaged me on LinkedIn and I didn't get it for like a day because I don't turn my notifications on. I turn all social notifications yeah. off so I don't see anything. I only have my ringer on for my, my somebody calls me <laughs> and my messenger. Um, so what are, like rules you have for your phone to keep it? Because now this is whether you are just uh, working a day job or you're working for yourself, whatever it is. I mean, you have to recognize that it is a force. And if you do not take control of it, it's going to take control of you. There's no like in between. No, no, not at all. And it's interesting too, because my business is all about connecting, right? So I like LinkedIn is my business. It is my tool. It's my, it's my hammer. It's my saw, right? I mean, that is a piece I need. So there's times when I'm always on it because that's when I'm communicating with people, yeah. right? But there has to be that off time, right? But in turn, I mean, not to get too, too in the weeds here, a lot of times when I'm talking to candidates on LinkedIn, it's after hours because they're at work and they're not on their LinkedIn all day long, right? right? Yeah. So, so my wife understands that, like, hey, listen, I'm not looking at Facebook or Instagram right now, I'm looking at LinkedIn, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm working, um, so to speak. But really, it, it's really simple. You take your phone and you put it out of reach physically. That's it, simple. Do you turn the ringer off, turn the vibration off so that you can't hear it? 
Or are you leaving? No. You leaving? <laughs> I, I still need to know if it's ringing, right? I can no, still I'll, turn I'll around and dive if I need to. If I have to dive across the room, I can grab it. But it, it, at nighttime, though, I put on the do not disturb, right? Like I, yeah. you know, when I check out at night, I check out at night. Um, you know, I have a, a six month old, and there's another interesting too. So I, you know, I have a six month old. He gets up, you know, as babies do. And there'd be times I get up and feed him at two or three in the morning. And then, you know, he goes back to bed and I come back up to my bedroom and I'll look at my phone and then I'll start to look at work emails and that'll get my brain moving again. It's three o'clock in the morning. I can't go to sleep. So I put an end to that, yeah. right? I literally have my phone upside down. I don't need to see any notifications, no pop-ups, no sports scores, no nothing. I'll look at it again in the morning. Yeah, good for you, man. That's a that's a great strategy to have. Took because, time, took some time, right? Trial it, and error. Yeah, it really does. We're it's such a new world. We're not used to this thing yet. It's still like a little baby we're carrying around. We're not used to having this thing, so we're still so like hooked on. It's gonna take a while before maybe maybe it won't ever change. But it seems like right now it's so uh, foreign and so new and like so exciting that people are just unaware of how sucked in they are. And I my, myself personally, same it's, situation. Sucked well, in. It's, it's bad, man, too. I mean, you walk around the streets in New York City. I mean, like people are just heads down and a, a it's dangerous, right? I mean, I've seen people almost get hit by buses and cars and walk into doors and, you know, bike delivery guys all the time. Yeah. But you're also missing what's happening in the world, right? Like sometimes you need to just put your phone down and look up and, and, and just see what's going on around you, man. Like watching people taking in the scenery, just observing life, right? Instead of looking at your phone, it could wait. Yeah. Definitely. Let's talk about LinkedIn for a second, because like social media, you know, there's many platforms and um, uh, LinkedIn get, has been forgotten about for a long time. It's been there for a long time, but it's been kind of just pushed back on the back burner. Nobody really mentions it now over the past year since Microsoft bought it. Uh, it's been making a comeback and I've been connecting. I connected with you via LinkedIn uh, and so many other people on LinkedIn. It's just it's slowly being, it's slowly creeping back into the public eye. It's slowly creeping up as like a force. But if you're like in business, I mean, if you want to like find contacts and you want to make connections and get leads, it is more powerful than it's ever been. So how do you use LinkedIn? Like what is your strategy for? Yeah, 100%. I mean, LinkedIn is my tool again. You know, LinkedIn is, is, is everything, right? And it's kind of scary too, right? Because if there was no LinkedIn, everyone, it's a question someone asked before, like if there was, if LinkedIn literally shuts off today, yeah. how would that affect your business? And I would say drastically, but I built enough of an offline network and I also have databases and, and resumes and emails and phone numbers and all that stuff where I could reach out and connect. And I also learned some old school techniques on how to recruit where you don't really need a LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but LinkedIn's really where it's at. And I, and I, and I would really argue that um, it's a progression of eyeballs and awareness. Right. And it's a new platform. Right. First, there was AOL with the chat rooms and the pages and it went to MySpace. Right. And then it went to Facebook. And that's where the attention was. And YouTube and Instagram. So you have the natural content creators. Right. The people that are genuine, real content creators. Then you have the content creators that are doing it for different reasons. Right. They're looking for awareness. They're looking for fame. They're looking for vanity, whatever it is. Right. And they saturated the LinkedIn's and the YouTube's. I mean, maybe not YouTube so much. I mean, YouTube's an incredible content platform. But then here comes LinkedIn, right? And now they start to have video on LinkedIn, right? And people who love to do video and create start to come on board. And then they draw in some of the outsiders, right? And now it's become this incredible content creation platform where you have, you know, well-established older business leaders, right? Or older by I mean established senior. Yeah. Um, who are using the platform to, to educate, 
to mentor, to teach, right? Yeah. And then you have the self-help gurus that are coming on to be inspirational. And then you have the, the, the fitness, the mind, body, wellness people coming on board. Like it's all tied together, right? Yeah. Whether it's your profession or, you know, mind, body, wellness, good, you know, business that all ties in together as well. Um, and then you're starting to see more people come on board who are testing content or trying new things, right? Uh, and it's exciting too. And it's uh, it's kind of the wild west right now, right? Where you could use it to build your brand, to establish yourself, right? Something that I'm really trying to do now, get my voice across, my point of view, right? Where I could help job seekers, where I could help people, you know, really understand their strengths and understand that, you know, a career pivot, um, it works, right? That you don't have to be stuck in doing the same job all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to go be, you know, a Mars Explorer astronaut. I mean, it's got to be something, you know, reachable and tangible. Um, but LinkedIn's where it's at, right? Because you have the ability when you use the platform right to connect with people online and offline. Yeah, and anybody who's been sleeping on LinkedIn who doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to it, it is at a point right now. I've got, I've received so many clients from LinkedIn. Like I can't, I, I, half the clients that I've had in my marketing business, I've gotten from LinkedIn and all I'm doing is posting content about what I do. So it's just Mm -hmm. talking about social media marketing. It's just talking about uh, vlogging or creating podcasts and just giving away value, like really just putting value out there. And the crazy part is that on any other platform, you're talking YouTube, you're talking Instagram, you're talking Facebook. uh, Sometimes people don't want to hear you talk about business on those platforms as they're entertainment mm-hmm. platforms they get on those platforms to be entertained yeah they want to be entertained. yeah but you go on linkedin you know you're there for business you know like that is the main point of this platform so you can throw business around and really get a lot of engagement with it and i find right. that to be really powerful because it's hyper focused in that space so if you're exactly. in that world and, but i think what it comes but i think what it comes down to though is adding value right mm-hmm like you always have to be adding value. And I think as any content creator, that's your gut check, right? Am I actually adding value, right? And it could be and it could be sharing content, right? Like that's adding value, right? Or it could be creating content, but you always have to ask yourself, someone watching this, like, what are they, what are they gonna get from this? Yeah, you gotta give them something. You have to provide them with something that's gonna help them move forward. And I think, I was just talking to uh, my mentor, Ray, and he was saying how, because he's close to 80, right? And he's seen a huge progression in business from whenever he was, you know, in his 20s until now. And he said that he's noticing when he talks to younger kids, when he talks to t- teenagers or 20-year-olds, that they're so much more advanced in spirituality, in business, in mindset, in mindfulness, in just uh, the, the way you need to be mentally prepared if you're going to run your own business. And he said it's be- because of the internet, because now... 100%. You don't have to search. It's the entrepreneurial culture, man. It's that yeah. hustle and grind culture, man. And they see it and it's aspirational, right? Well, you can like get back in the day, 20 years ago. It was like, go come, go to college, you know, find a job, work in the same company for 15, 20 years, maybe have another job and then, you know, retire at 60 years old. Yeah. But it's not like that anymore, right? They see aspirational. They see, you know, YouTube stars. They see, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world. They see, you know, the Grand Cardones, the people that are out there hustling it and building you know, these non-traditional or non-conventional lifestyles. Yeah. And, and you, they want it, right? Maybe back in the day you had to search out, you had to find Tony Robbins in his cassettes or you had to find Think and Grow Rich and, and buy it mm-hmm. or any a Dale Carnegie course or something like that. But now what's great about the internet, and this is uh, something I've been talking to people about lately, is like 
You can use social media and the algorithms for you or against you. So say you're seeing a bunch of negative stuff online and you're like, why does social media keep showing me all this negative stuff? The world's so negative. That's because you're searching for negative mm-hmm. things. You start searching for positive things. You start looking for stuff that is uplifting, that's invigorating, that's getting you pumped up, that's teaching you about business, teaching you about life. And you focus on that and you click the button, you click the like button, then it realizes, oh, you like this. And it's going to start showing you more of that. So you can really build your own reality online of what you want to see. And why would you want it to be negative? If you want it to be negative, you can do that. But you can build a fully positive environment for yourself. And every time you open your phone up, you're going to see a Gary Vee video, right? Or you're going to see uh, Tim Ferriss, or you're going to see somebody on there giving you something positive. It's funny how it works. Yeah. It's it's powerful. and going and going back, right? I mean, I, the, the kids in high school right now, there's just so much more tech savvy. I mean, that's just an evolution in, in technology, but the acceleration of that is incredible, right? The the information that they have their fingertips, right? Like when I was in high school, right? Like none of that, right? Like we just had Prodigy, right? We had the old dial-up yeah. um, modem, and, and and the information really wasn't out there. Uh, and kids are just absorbing it. It's a different time too. I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole about you know a lot of conversation about what's the value now of a college degree, right? What's the value of that? But I will tell you one thing though, most, if not all of my clients require a bachelor's degree. So until that changes, depending on what kind of job you're looking for, right? You gotta be mindful of that, right? And you can still learn those other life lessons along the way through other channels as well, but don't devalue the college um, education. But I mean, looking now, I mean, at my six year old, by the time she goes to college, I, I can't even imagine what it's gonna cost. So. The question really does come back to it, like, what is the value? The mind, what's the ROI on the college education, especially when you got to pay up those student loans? Yeah, I'm still paying off mine, and uh, you know, it is what it is. I went for communication, so it wasn't exactly like I, like I needed the degree. Uh, yeah, me too, man. But <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I think if unless my son wants to be a doctor or an engineer or uh, you know a nurse, I'm probably gonna say you probably shouldn't go to college especially once i mean he's four your daughter's six when they're yeah. close to the age of 18 online education is going to be it's already phenomenal you can already mm-hmm. find phenomenal online education uh so yeah, I they're don't, accredited yeah proper yeah and you just and, and especially when you're talking about something digital if you're going to go into a digital field and you're going to go to a college for that by the time you get out of college most of the stuff you learn in those classes is going to be it's null and void man. yeah so i mean you're going to have to figure out somewhere something's going to happen along the line in the next 20 years i think colleges are going to change drastically they're going to have to because admission rates are already falling way off it's 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 changing and one piece of advice i always give and my brother's actually guidance counselor and he's always talking you know obviously it's a job to kids um the value of an internship even in high school right the value of working anywhere even if it's free for a summertime man like the experience that you get because the whole thing, the whole thing I, you know, with, with, with young folks coming out of school into the workforce is they are just not used to that mentality of being in an office all day and, and working in that process environment. And for some, that's kind of hard. So if you could, you know, do that earlier on and, and have an internship and really learn how to work within a company, work with people who aren't, you know, your friends, yeah. right? And I think that's uh, an invaluable experience. Always preaching that. Yeah. What about, I'm curious about routines for you. Do you have any routines that you follow on a daily basis that, uh, you know, you've, that's kind of your core, your structure that, that keeps you moving forward, that keeps you set and planted each day? Yeah, absolutely. So when my workday starts, especially when I'm working from home or working from my home office, 
It's about treating it like a job every single day, right? It's easy. You could lie in bed all day and watch Wendy Williams and Prices Right and start your day at 1130, but no, no, that's not what it's about. Your clients are paying you to do the work and deliver. So you gotta be disciplined. That's what it means to work for yourself. You've got to deliver and, and provide for your clients, right? That's what they're paying you for. Um, and so for me, it's a lot of organization, right? I have multiple clients. I'm, I'm managing multiple calendars, multiple emails, multiple candidates in play, right? So for me, it all comes down to discipline and organization, right? And that's when I tap into my OCD, right? My, <laughs> my wife would argue my OCD goes both ways, right? You gotta, you gotta channel the powers for, for good, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it comes down and it comes down again to discipline, right? So for me, it's making sure that at the beginning of my day, that the rest of the day is in order, right? That my calendar's lined up, that it's prioritized, right? There's times when I may move a meeting. Let's just say, for example, I heard from my client that a job got deprioritized, right? They're like, hey, hold off on that for a couple of weeks. And I see I got three candidates lined up that day to speak to them. But I know I have something else I got to work on that's more urgent. I'll reach out to those candidates and just be pretty honest with them. Hey, man, like things are slowing down a little bit on this one. You know, let's let's move this to next week. And they're cool with that. Now I just freed up an hour and a half of my time to work on a priority, right? So I do that early in the day, right? Because plus, you want to get as much notice as possible. You don't want to hear me canceling a meeting on you five minutes before. No one likes that stuff, yeah. right? It's not professional. The other thing I do is I'm a big, big believer. I mean, everyone manages their emails differently. Right. So for me, first thing in the morning, um, you know, I block out usually from nine to nine thirty, and it's going through every email from the last day. And I went inbox zero when I start my day. <laughs> right. I am going back. I'm checking things off, making sure that everything's covered. Any interviews, any calls, any follow-ups, everything is done. So my new day is just a blank slate. Right. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I do another exercise where I look forward to the next day. Right. I see where I have my calendar. I see if any meetings got to get moved. If any new information came in from earlier in the day. Right. So those are tactical things. Those are pretty, pretty, pretty micro, um, you know, on, on a macro level, um, it's always looking a few car lengths ahead. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a mindset, right. Looking a week ahead, looking a few days ahead, right. Looking a month ahead, right. Seeing what's coming down the pipe, right. Having meetings with clients, understanding their businesses, if they get a new business win and we're going to have to ramp up, meaning I'm going to have to accelerate some other things. So I have the bandwidth to take on more work. It's a balancing act, but I can tell you this, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing successfully as I am now when I was 22 years old coming out of school. I couldn't be working for myself at 22. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah, the discipline level is huge. And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle is, uh, and some some people in their 20s can do it. They do have the discipline. Maybe they were right. raised that way or that's just right. like born within them. But same for me, man. If I was 22 trying to do this, it would be a mess. I mean, it's kind of a mess now. I can't imagine what it would be like if I was 22. My God. I always, I always feel like, like it, it, I'm such a tightly wound, like the, this operation I have is so tightly wound, right? That like, if, if I miss a beat, right? If something falls through, like it, it'll, it'll crack, right? And it, it, right now it's just a well-oiled machine and I keep it going and, you know, let the good times roll as they say, right? Yeah, definitely. Do you have anything that you do in the morning or at night? Say, say like you're getting panicked. Say you're getting stressed out. Say uh, it's one of those days where things just aren't going right or you're getting overwhelmed. Do you have a strategy, something you yeah. do that somebody would you know, take away from this that they yeah. could implement into their routine? Yeah, and it, it comes down to breathing. And that's something I've had really had to work on in the last couple of years, right? Being very mindful. So I started a yoga practice within the last year, which has been incredible for me, you know, physically, spiritually. <laughs> the other great part about yoga is it forces me to put my phone away or leave it in the car for an hour, right? And, and not think about it. But yoga, they teach you breathing techniques, how to slow your heart rate down, how to slow everything down. Um, so I use that technique when I get stressed out. I, I walk away from the computer, um, take a walk outside, 
go play with my kid for a little bit, right? Just separate yourself from the work, right? Um, And then there's other methods as well, right? Like, um, you know, I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but, you know, I've been, you know, a big proponent of CBD over the last couple of years. Okay. Um, You know, the uh, non-psychotropic elements of of THC, of of marijuana. Yeah. And it really works instead of, you know, there's folks out there, listen, there's there's people out there with, with serious problems that, you know, need serious attention and medicine and everything. But for everyday anxieties, instead of going to the, the Xanaxes or any of, of their other crap out there, um, you know, looking at the plant-based stuff, man, and, and it works and it doesn't work for everybody, but you need to know what you're taking. You need to know what you're doing. You need to know exactly what it is and understand how it affects you. Um, and for me, the CBD keeps me pretty calm level and actually pretty focused. I agree with you a hundred percent. So I take, I actually have like plantar fasciitis on my one foot. So I have a CBD uh, cream that I rub on my foot. My feet doesn't, my feet doesn't, my foot doesn't hurt anymore. Neither one of my feet hurt anymore. If I have shoulder pain or whatever, it's like a topical ointment. Mm -hmm. Works incredibly well. So my wife takes capsules. Mm -hmm. She takes capsules for, um, she has migraines and anxiety. Do you take capsules? What do you take? Yeah, my routine is actually pretty interesting. So, A, I have the, the topical stuff. Um, I get from this place in Vermont. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link afterwards. Is it, uh, sponsor me. is it Green Mountain? Um, is it Green? Uh, Loose Farms. Loose yeah, Loose Farms. Okay. Uh, pretty pretty good stuff. And so I started a couple of years ago. It was actually funny. We were up in Vermont and a local brewery over there. They were It was like, it was, I forgot the name of the day, whatever it was, but they, they had a CBD beer. Right. Oh, okay. And then they had a whole bunch of CBD companies up there that were sampling the products and everything. And that's where I kind of got hooked. And it started with a honey, right? It started with their honey product. Yeah. And, and I find it to be the absolute best. So at nighttime, another routine that I do when I'm having a stressful day or I need to bring it down, I mix the CBD honey into chamomile tea, right? And it's just, it's a nice landing, man. It's a nice, it's a nice slow landing. So it's a CBD honey. Um, I've done the drops too. That pretty, that helps pretty well. Uh, different tinctures, and um, and then a vape pen too. And mixing in the vape pen uh, with the CBD, and you kind of combine it all together. You know when to use it. You know when you need it. You know how to regulate it. But I tell everybody, like, it's not going to get you high. Right. Like that's the difference. And I don't think that the CBD world has done a good enough job of that. Right. I think it's kind of a double-edged sword, but it's trying to draw people in. Like they think it's illegal weed, right? Like, hey man, it's no. Yeah. Yeah, not the same in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it makes you calm. You can't hear me? I can now. Thank you. you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It makes you calm, but it doesn't get you high. Yeah, and I think that there's... uh, Boy, I think some people take it thinking they're going to get stoned, and they don't, so they're not satisfied with it. I think some people take it and they want to... They don't know what they're going to feel, right? Like when you take it the first time, you have to have the expectation that you are not going to get high. You're not going to feel anything. Like I, I haven't... I never felt anything from CBD. It's never made me feel anything. It's helped to relieve pain, but I've never like had a euphoria from it or anything like no, that. No, and you're not going to get that, but you'll feel your body relax, right? Yeah. I know for me, it relaxes, like it slows me down, right? It, it helps me just just chill. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's fantastic. It's wonderful. And I think that uh, everybody should, you know, at least be mindful of it and, and, and try it if that's something, that path you want to go down. If you're going to get on Xanax or whatever it might be, then you should probably. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I, and I think it's different for everybody, right? And you have to do what's best for you, right? And again, People, people have serious problems, you know, stick to the professionals and everything. But if it's just everyday stress, right? We all have everyday stress, right? Like life isn't easy, 
right? And you got to find it. You got to find your out. You got to find your release, um, whether it be exercise, art, music, playing with your kids. You just gotta, you just gotta find something different where you can't be on all the time, right? Yeah. Um, and that's another thing too about you know my profession too. It's it has the potential to be on all the time. It's a, it's a sales job. It's it's commission based a lot of the time, right? So that 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 carrot's always moving, right? And you got to chase it. But you also have to know when to stop, right? And 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 I don't want to I don't want to miss things in my kids' life, right? I just created this life where I could be home and and watch them and be at school events and be at sporting events and you know. Instead of going to the city, commuting, you know, three hours a day, those three hours, right? I use a couple hours for work, being more productive at work. And then I'm home to spend time with them. I'm not just coming home and they're going to sleep. Yeah. And I'm not missing their life. And it's not just going by in a blink of an eye. Yeah. It's so important. And man, I imagine that commute, that's going to save like years off of your life. Just having to sit yeah. in the car for hours it's, a day. It's powerful. It's, that's I, huge. I almost feel bad. I feel bad because, you know, in, in the tri-state area here, pretty much everybody commutes to the city. Right. And that train is, is awful. Right. But you could also be productive on it. And a lot of people, it's their Zen time. Right. It's man, I got an hour where I could put my head back, relax, catch up on my favorite, you know, Netflix, catch up on music, podcast, you know, whatever it is. But for me, I saw it as I am more, those are three hours of awake, productive time that now I have back that I can monetize and be and producing on. You imagine the compound and, and doing podcasts like this. Yeah. The compound interest on that time is years. You put that all together. Unbelievable. The amount of time you're going to save. You're, you're spot on with that one too. You look at people's faces that have been commuting for 30 years and the weather and the train derailments and, and all the other BS that goes into, you know, Metro North and Long Island railroad. <laughs> it's something every day, man. And that takes, that takes a toll on you. But on the flip side though, I'll tell you this. There's nothing like working in Manhattan. There's nothing like working in the city. There's an energy, there's a buzz, and it's contagious, right? We just need to get to the point of, um, you know, uh, what was it from Star Trek, where they could just transport you, you know, right back to your Teleportation. Home. Yes, exactly, yeah. right? And your commute is 30 seconds. That's, that's a different story. We'll get there one day. I was Elon just working on it. I was just uh, listening to Jesse Itzler, and he was talking about how every moment of your day causes mental stress and the more mental stress you put on yourself, you only have so much cortisone given to yourself every day. So the more uh, you have to make decisions, the more mentally drained you're going to be. So the less energy you're going to have. And I think when it comes to commuting comes to that, to that sort of thing, I'm sure you can get accustomed to it where you minimize the amount of mental stress that you're using, but just in, it's not gonna affect you. but just in everyday life, like everything that you do, every mo move that you make, like, try to be aware of is am i causing myself unnecessary mental stress right now how can i make this thing simpler like it's not about working harder it's about working more efficiently working, working smarter, smarter. Yeah. yeah and, then, and it, it and that will save you energy by the end of the day try it and i've been practicing this so i try to save my energy <laughs> throughout the day i try to not do uh i try not to get too into the weeds with like if i'm if something's happening on social media or I'm trying to like run a Facebook ad and it's not going right, I'll just stop instead of like getting pissed and then screwing around with it for an hour and then wasting half my day and getting angry. I just stop and I notice it later on. I'm not as worn out. But that took, that took you a long time to learn that technique, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. Like in your past, you'd just be at it all day. Like and how mad. do I hack this audience? How do I, you know, why isn't this ad performing? Right. Why am I not getting the results that I want? Right. And that's, and that's and that's tough, man. Yeah, you just gotta follow the, follow the journey. Try it. I mean, it's it's a it's definitely a process, without a doubt. 
One other thing I want to ask you, I'm curious about, just because you worked with Gary Vee and you got to be around him and his energy and his team. What's some of the big things you took away from him? Just in, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of his stuff and um, he, he's super impactful. People love what he does, but being in close quarters with him, I imagine, was a, a cool experience. What did yeah. you get out of it? Yeah, and, and it's cool because you see all his his sayings and his quotes and everything. He he means what he says and he says what he means and he's the real deal, right? And he doesn't mean to defend them or any of that. Um, it's it's contagious. It's contagious energy, right? To to see this guy like really give everything to his business and grow it, right? And here's another important thing about Gary Vee too, which people kind of mistake. He's not telling you to go out there and work 16 hours a day. He's not telling you that. He's telling you to you do you, man right? You do whatever works for you, right? Don't be me. You do you, right? Hopefully you're motivated by him and, and he inspires you. I think that's what he's going for, right? Like it's not all these parrots on your shoulder repeating everything he says, right? Like that's not what he's trying to do. Um, another thing that's really, you know, you can see it is when he says clouds and dirt, he means, and that's something I picked up in my life too, right? To not live in the middle, right? To make sure that you're focused on that 30,000 foot view, right? Here is the grand plan. Here's what I'm looking to do. And the dirt, I'm executing on it, right? I'm getting that shit done. I'm making it happen. I'm getting things in play. Things are moving forward. And staying out of that middle ground, right? That's that's when when things get murky, right? Yeah. Um, and and you good. see him do it all the time. And, and the other piece, too, is he genuinely cares about everyone that works for him, right? I mean, I saw that firsthand, right? I mean, he literally, you know, when I got let go, I mean, we spent an hour, uh, yeah, I've talked about this before in other podcasts, right? It was it was that moment when he gave me that piece of advice to stop sucking on the, stop focusing on the things that you suck at and double down on your strengths. And that is the single most important piece of advice that I've ever received. I've taken to heart, I put it into practice and that's why I'm here today because I'm not doing those things anymore that I wasn't good at. And I moved on and I recognized my strengths. I doubled down on them and I've created a business and life that I want. Simple as that. Yes, that's awesome. That's a great takeaway. That's fantastic, man, because I'm the same, same deal. Focus on your superpower. That thing that you're the thing that you're good at that gives you energy. Spend sixty to eighty percent of your day on that thing, because that's how you're going to grow and that's how you're going to get better. I, I agree, hundred percent. Rob, what's what's your superpower? So, I would say that creating content is the thing that I enjoy doing the most. That gives me energy and it just makes me happy. So. If I can go and I can yeah. make content, I can create something, I'm talking to somebody who's got a lot of passion and I get fired up from that, that gives me a lot of energy to put that out to the world. I'm helping somebody else. So it's like all about creating the win-win situations, right? So I'm gaining from it. Hopefully you're gaining from it. Everybody yeah, who man. listens is gaining from it. And that is just, that's the point and that to, for me. And that's what gives me excitement. It gives me energy. If I can create content that impacts somebody else, then I've, I've, and I've, I've had to, just like you said, it's a process, dude. It's a process. This for me has been a, I'm 35. It's been a 35 year process. I think just this year I have found out. Now I've been teetering on the edge, but I never honed in on it and like did a serious nosedive on this because I never it was Ty Lopez. I was at a Ty Lopez conference and he talked to us about the superpower. He said, you have to double down on your superpower. You have to tackle that one thing that gives you energy, put 60 to 80% of your day into that thing. And if you do that, you'll be successful. You'll be happy. 
and other people will be, uh, you know, really engaging with what you're doing because you're on fire. It's it's not a crazy concept, right? Like it's really not a crazy concept. It, it's there's these simple life applications, um, and if everyone could apply them, they'll be a lot happier, right? And it doesn't work for everybody, right? It, it doesn't. But it, if you look yourself in the mirror every day and you hate what you're doing, you hate going to work every day, right? doesn't have to be that way, right? You could change it. Yeah. Think about, think about your strengths and are you really capitalizing them in your day to day? And if you're not, maybe it's time to look elsewhere, man. And it's calling to me and start (laughs) call out a poster. Yeah. Good sell. And it's all all about, uh, small experiments, experiment with little things daily experiment with like, what do I enjoy doing? How could I do that 10 minutes a day? Start with that. You, you you have 10 minutes. Everybody has 10 minutes a day, no matter how busy you are. Uh, you can how, find it. Yeah. How could you, even if it's on a commute, right? Maybe you're commuting and 10 minutes. What is something you're super passionate about? Find a podcast about that thing and get into it. And that's going to spark the fire that's going to get you pumped up to do that thing and move you closer to it. Yeah, man. And, and for me, it's so funny. So I am... A huge fan of podcasts. I've been, you know, doubling down on guest appearances like I'm doing now. And again, thank you, man, for having me on. Absolutely. Um, and I am going down the journey of developing my own podcast. I did a uh, a beta test uh, one last week with with Quentin uh, alums, who you guys know from uh, Misfits out in Milwaukee. Awesome group of guys out there that are doing some incredible uh, content creation. Again, like young, cutting edge awesome production value, but they're storytellers first and foremost. And I think that's the big takeaway from those guys. But that really sparked me to start doing my own thing, right? That's going to help build the brand. And then as I started doing that, literally I have my phone here and at night, out of nowhere, I'll I'll think of a guest, I'll think of a topic, right? So I haven't even really started this thing yet because I want to put all the pieces together. I want to have the production. I want to have the technical stuff lined up. I want to have all that and not half-ass it, right? So I'm Mm going to pause. I'm going to get my act together. And now I'm reaching out to all these people that I have. <laughs> it's an incredible network. And they're like, yeah, man, I'll talk to you. But now the other part, going back to what we spoke about early in the conversation, is adding value, right? What do I want the listener to get out of my podcast, right? And the guests that I'm, I'm going to have on, I'm going to, they're all going to have a part in my career or life journey, right? And I'm going to touch on the parts where I failed, I grew, I learned, and I succeeded. And how that person was pivotal in it. Right. So I'm really trying to find that unique point of view when I start to tell these stories. And I, and I hope, I really do hope it will resonate and add value and differentiate my content from other people's content. Very cool. I love that concept. That's a really good idea. And that can help people go through your journey. So you're taking them through your journey. Yeah. And, it, and I'm literally reaching out to people from day one, job one. Right. <laughs> and, and like, maybe I'll ask them, like, why do you? Why'd you decide to hire me? First job out of college. Like, what was it, right? What'd yeah. I do, right? Yeah. Like, let's go back to it. And, you know, I, I reaching out to people who I've worked with and maybe I didn't have a great work relationship with them or, you know, trying to, I'm not looking to play Monday morning quarterback, but looking to really break it down so other people could recognize things in their career that are either working well, working, not working well. Hey, bosses come, bosses go. Some of us have great relationships. How do you deal with a boss that you don't have a great relationship with? How do you improve it, right? How do you find common ground? Yeah, elements like that. And I think if if you also throw in your mindset in those spots, like where were you at at that time? Where was your head at at that time? When like if something went right, why did it go right? Like what was your mental space like? Because everybody else was impactful, but you yourself were 
probably the mm-hmm. most impactful making it happen. If something went wrong, where was your head at when it went wrong? You know, why why did it go bad? And that that that, that stuff hundred hundred percent. Man, that stuff is so important because then you can kind of reverse engineer from somebody's mistake or somebody's win for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm just happens. trying to figure out how, how best to tell that story. That's a cool story. I'm excited to to hear it. Do you have a name for it yet? Do you have anything they've decided? Yeah, it's it's called the podcast, right? It's called the podcast. A little play, a little play on the name, right? The I mean, podcast. I it's the podcast, man. It's it's the podcast. I love um, it. We got some graphics in the works, right? We've got some uh, audio intros that I'm working on, and that's another fun part too, because in this process of building, like, I have a a bench. I have a roster of people that I've worked with in the past, friends, colleagues, whatever, that are all like, "Yeah, man, this is freaking awesome. How could I help you out there?" So I got a buddy who's helping me write some copy for the intro. I have another good friend who's got the deepest voice you've ever heard and he's recording my intro for me. My buddy Alex is going to do some sound for me, right? Like it's all going to come together and it's kind of, it's a team effort. Yeah. Right. But it's also tapping into <laughs> that, that network that I've built up, right? Like these are my people that are going to help share my journey to the world. That's so cool. I love that. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for spending some time. Anything, uh, how can people find out about you? How do they find you online if they want to learn more about you or contact you? Yeah, absolutely. They can find me on LinkedIn, Adam J. Posner. They could go to my company's website, www.nhptalentgroup.com. Please reach out, connect. Um, if and when I have the time, I always like you know connecting with people, sharing stories, and always happy to help out when I can. Right? Like that's what this world's all about, man. Right? We have we have one shot at it. You want to give it your best, and you want to have no regrets. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100%. Adam, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. And I, I look forward to the podcast. Right, right on, Rob. And I really appreciate you having me on. And let's let's keep this thing going, man. I'm looking forward to having you on the podcast uh, sometime soon. Just let me know when. I'm down. You got it, man. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Shout out to Adam for an awesome episode. NHPTalentGroup.com. Adam J. Posner on LinkedIn. That's P-O-S-N-E-R. Thank you for listening. Shout out to DDP Yoga. Change your body. I'm telling you. The best workouts I've ever had. The best I've felt after any workout ever is through DDP Yoga. DDPYoga.com. All the music on this podcast you hear is by my man Jake Over. Jake Over. If you want beats, he's a great, great producer. You can find him on Facebook. Jake Over. I will talk to you next time. As always, like rate and review the podcast please if you like what you're listening to subscribe it rate it review it let people know about it please thank you for listening be the teacher that you needed that's what it's all about i'll talk to you guys next time peace out this is rob z radio 